Timing is what? Timing is everything. That's what they see. It's not true. Timing is not everything, but timing's important. And it's usually uncanny. The things that we look and go, whoa, the timing of that was just, that was everything. Running into an old friend or, um, you know, barely missing that red light or whatever it would be. We're going to take a second and we're going to go through uh, the scripture today and we're going to continue in our series on hearing from God and we're going to look at examples of Abram, David, and Saul. Abram becomes Abraham, Saul becomes Paul. So if I, if I use Saul one time and Paul the next, you know who we're talking about. But we're going to look at the timing of the Lord in this. So uh, if you want to turn in your Bibles, our first scripture is uh, Genesis 12. But honestly, we're going to be kind of flipping all over the place and we're going to have the scriptures up here behind me. So in Genesis 12, 1 through 3, we see this. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. In this promise from God... God promises that he's going to make Abram a great nation, that he will be the father of many. And and there's promises where that he is told um, from you, if you look to the sky and if you could count the stars in the sky, that's how many will come from you. And God's speaking this to an older couple. Abram is 75 years old and they have no children. Question number one, how long was it from the time that God spoke this promise to Abram, saying, I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great. How long was it from that time until Isaac, the child of promise, was born? 25 years. The moment that God speaks to us is the exact moment that God wants us to respond. But that doesn't mean that is the exact moment that God will act, or at least not act in the way that we think he will, or that we want him to, or that we suppose he will. We're going to look to David second, and we're going to look in 1 Samuel 16.3, and what we're going to see is the anointing of David by the prophet Samuel. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed David in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Question number two. How long was it after God anointed David through the prophet Samuel that David claimed the throne and was crowned king of Israel? It was between 10 and 12 years. Even though we see that from that day forward, the presence of God was with him in a mighty way. It wasn't an instant thing. It was 10 to 12 years later that David would rise up and be king. And then Paul, Acts chapter 9. I want to start with verse 3 and then we'll kind of skip ahead a little. 
Acts 9.3. Now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him and falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice but seeing no one. Down to verse 10. Now, there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to Ananias in a dream, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight and to the house of Judas. Look for a man of Tarsus named Saul, for behold, he is praying. Verse 13. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and the king of kings and the children of Israel. After Jesus called Saul, who became Paul, and this is someone who, a leader in the temple, a, a, at what he's done, the best of the best, so the Lord and received his call. How long did it Answer, between 10 and 11 years. When God speaks to us, we should respond, and we should respond instantly. God speaks, we respond. Friends, that doesn't mean that the fulfillment of that call will take place immediately. In fact, it usually doesn't take place immediately. Now, God's up to something immediately, but the fulfillment of that thing that he speaks more often than not, it's not something that takes place right away. God wants our response to be immediate. Our response needs to be immediate. Our, our seeking of the Lord needs to be immediate. Our walking with Him with, with open eyes to see, to hear, to learn, to follow should be immediate. But we're, we're not the most patient people. We want the end results, right? We care about the destination. God cares about all of it, but he cares about the journey that leads us to that destination. We're like Daniel LaRusso. Daniel LaRusso, if you haven't seen the original Karate Kid, not the one with Jackie Chan, but like the original from like the early 80s, you know, Daniel LaRusso wanted to learn karate, and so Mr. Miyagi was teaching him karate. But they didn't, Daniel didn't put on a, a gi. They weren't on the mats. They weren't, you know, doing what he envisioned as being, okay, this is how I will learn. What did Mr. Miyagi do? Paint the fence. Wax the car. Different things. Sand, sand the floor. And then one day David gets frustrated, Right? Or Daniel gets frustrated. Daniel's son. And uh, he's like, forget this. You're just getting free, cheap labor out of me. You know, I came here to learn karate, not to you know, redo your house. Mr. Miyagi, Daniel's son, paint the fence. What? Paint the fence. You know, he goes up and Mr. Miyagi throws a punch and he blocks it. You know, wax off. Wax on, he blocks it. Wax off. 
You know, and, and all of a sudden he starts rapid fire. Do this, do this, do this, do this. And Daniel's just responding. It's the journey. It's the process. God cares about the process. But so often we're consumed with the end result to the point that we don't see what he's doing and what he has to do to build character in us and build endurance in us throughout the process. Abram, why did it take 25 years for them to see the, the, the promise of a son, of Isaac, the son of promise? Why 25 years? Because he wanted, a God wanted a great nation to be built upon the foundation of godly character and it took 25 years for Abram to turn to Abraham and to grow in maturity and to grow in character on which this great nation could be built upon that foundation of character. When God called Abraham and said, I will make your name great, what God meant was, I will develop a character in you to match the assignment. The character must match the assignment. And the bigger the assignment, the stronger the character must be. And this is for all of us. This is for all of us. Those of us that are married, we entered into a covenant with our spouse. That's a big assignment. The character must match the assignment. Us walking in in honor and respect, and love, and loyalty, and faithfulness. Those are things that are traits of character that match the assignment. You get where I'm going with this? Too often we want the big assignment from God, but we don't want to give our attention to patiently growing in character. I think as we're in this series on hearing from God, we want to hear from God, but but we want it to be, I want to hear from God, and I want it to go into action right away. I want to hear from God and I want the plan that I want right away. I prayed with someone this week and it was wonderful. And I said, I, I assume you've, you've been praying, talking. I, I assume God knows your thoughts on the matter, right? She goes, yeah. I said, you've been praying. God knows your thoughts, right? Yeah. I said, okay, we're going to pray together, but we're just going to listen. We're not, God, God's already heard you. You've already prayed it. We're just going to sit and listen for a while and we're going to see what God thinks about it. Are you good with that? I could tell by the furling of her brow that she wasn't entirely good with that because that's not how we're used to praying. We're used to being the one doing all the what? All the talking. Talky, talky, talky. We sat there for five minutes. And if I'm being honest with you, it was a bit uncomfortable. But I was determined. I'm like... God's going to speak. God's hungry to speak. He's chomping at the bit to speak. And we're just going to sit here. And then the Lord spoke something. I said, hey, I just, I heard the Lord. He just prompted me and, and I shared that. And, and it touched her and ministered. She's like, absolutely, that's, and, and we continued to pray. We've got to be a patient people. We've got to be a patient people that walks with the Lord and trusts his process. David, 
Why did it take over a decade for David to realize the throne that was prophesied over him? What was God doing in the meantime? God was building David's relationship with himself, with God. The Lord later described David as a man after mine own heart. And in this, in this over a decade of, of waiting before he ascended the throne, they were growing in relationship. Character was being forged. As goes the king, so goes the nation. So before he rose to that place of a burden that none of us could even imagine walking in as being king of Israel, there was character that needed to be forged. There was relationship that needed to be forged. There was trust that needed to be forged. God cares about the process. This is a good spot for me to jump in and say, he cares that you're hurting right now too. He cares that the thing you're praying about, he knows his heart and it's hard waiting. And he knows that the answer, if, if it came right now, it would bring such a relief to you. It's so heavy. He knows, he knows, he knows, he knows. But his ways are not our ways. His ways are higher and his ways are better. You cannot skip past the building of character. Paul. Why did it take God 11 years before he sent Paul on his first missionary journey? This is a dude who knew scripture, who knew the Old Testament in and out, who encountered Jesus, mind you, like the resurrected and ascended Jesus, and for three years was being trained by Jesus himself. Yet it took even after those three years, another eight years, before he was sent on that mission. Why? Because God wanted to redeem a lost world. And God chose this man to be the man, the apostle to the Gentiles. To go beyond the, the, the Jewish people and, and those who, who were his people, Jesus' people. He himself was a Jew. He chose Paul to be the apostle to the Gentiles. That's you and I. And in doing so, there were things that needed to be worked out. There were rough edges that needed to be worked out. There was character that needed to be forged. If, if Paul truly was the best of the best, there was some humility that needed to grow in his life so that he could get to the place of what we know as Paul when he said, to serve to serve him is all I ask. I, Paul, a slave of Jesus Christ, to walk in such humility. God was getting rid of the religion and he was building the relationship. The focus was not on Paul. The focus was on God. The focus is not on you or me. The focus is on God. And we've got to trust. When we walk out the hard things, we've got to trust. It's about the journey. And more so, it's about the togetherness with God. It's about walking in relationship with Him.
See, all too often we think about, Lord, I'll serve you. Lord, I'll give to you. Lord, I'll obey you. And he goes, what I want is for you to love me. What I want is for you to love me. The greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love others. That's echoed from a passage in Deuteronomy. That's what the Old Testament can be wrapped up as and summed up as also. Love the Lord your God with everything within you. We're so stinking impatient. We want it now. And sometimes it's because of the hurt. We just don't want to bear the hurt. And, and that's totally understandable. But sometimes it's just because it's inconvenient. It's just not a convenient time for me, Lord, right now for you to be slow about this. Get with it, Lord. The task can wait. The relationship cannot. Not to God. What's the name of this series, Bron? Hearing from God. Yeah, it's... What's the name of the series, Bron? Oh my gosh, you guys are killing me. <laughs> What's the name of the series we're on right now? Yeah. You guys, we're on this series because there was this expressed hunger. I want to, to know how to hear from the Lord. And you guys, I love that it's wonderfully simple in certain aspects. And this aspect of it's about the relationship. If I want to hear from Darren, I'm going to draw close to Darren. I'm going to walk with Darren. I'm going to spend time with Darren. If he's way over there, I want to go to where he is. Relationship, that's how I'm going to hear from Darren. Learning to walk. We hear the call. These men heard the call. They responded quickly. Yes, Lord. But then there's the fulfillment of that. And here's the beautiful thing. You aren't the one who fulfills the call. Can you guys repeat after, repeat after me? Say, I've got some pretty great strengths. You do. You really do. But you're not the one who fulfills the call. That is not a strength of yours. You're not capable of that. What you're capable of is what? Linking arms and walking with God. That's what you're capable of. That's what I'm capable of. We're not the ones who brings about the call. But Lord, you told me I was going to be a pastor. So Lord, I've already designed the logo. Let's go. Which is true. When we heard the call of the Lord, I mean, we, we had that logo designed long before we planted Impact Rock Church. Right, babe? But then we had to wait. We had to walk through some training. There were some things the Lord wanted to do. Quite honestly, there was some character that I lacked that God needed to develop in both of us. And he still does. It's still, we're still on the journey. Um, being pastor and having our very first service wasn't the end-all, be-all. That was the beginning of the journey. Philippians 1 6 says this, and I'm reading it from the Passion. It says, I pray with great faith for you 
because I'm fully convinced that the one who began this gracious work in you will faithfully continue the process of maturing you until the unveiling of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who began this work in you is faithful to complete it. Learning to walk takes some time. Learning to walk takes some endurance. There's a lot of stumbling that takes place when we're learning to walk. Right? Just just be around a toddler. Be around a little one as they're learning to walk. They kind of get the sumi, the, 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 the sumo squat. They get that down, right? Where they're like... And a lot of times they just squat back down. Yay, you did it. Take a step this time. Come on. And when they get the strength and the boldness, the courage to take that step, what happens? They fall. They fall. Jamie, what did you do when when your kids were learning to walk and they fell? Did, Did you scold them? Not usually. That's good. Oh, how you've grown. Yeah. What, what did you do when they fell? Pick them up? Applauded them? Encouraged them? Gave them a hug? Said, that was awesome. Okay, do it again. How much more so does, does our Heavenly Father do that when we are learning to walk and we fall and he's like, oh, sweetie, here, come on, get up, come on. Not, not with judgment on his face, not with anger in his tone, with, with love in his heart going, you're, you're growing, you're learning, but you can't stay down, you've got to get back up, come to me. With arms extended, with encouragement, you can do this, walk. The, how much more so? Is our Heavenly Father Good. If, if we wouldn't yell at our kids or scold them or reprimand them for falling when they are learning to walk. Our God is so patient with us. He never loses patience with us. But here's what's key. You've got to get up. Don't quit. Stay in the race. Don't quit. Get back up. Galatians 6, 9 says this, and I love this. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we will not give up. Do not grow weary in doing good. And, and here's the thing. God gives us this encouragement because he knows it's easy to grow weary and to want to give up. That's why it's here. That's why this scripture is here because he knows that there's times it's going to be harder to do good and, and we're just, I'm just done and we're going to want to quit and he says, you're going to see a harvest and God's going to bring the harvest and you're going to get to gather it in but God's going to bring that harvest. He says, just don't Quit. Hmm. 
So here's the summation of these questions and answers. And um, Yeah, that would be great. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Here's the summation. Pursue relationship with God. Walk with him. God is not focused on what you can do for him. God is focused on having a loving relationship with him, real and personal. And in the course of growing in that relationship, he grows us in character. He grows us in humility. He grows us in grace to receive his grace and to give his grace. To receive his grace and to give his grace. According to to 1 Timothy 3, do you know what the qualifications of a pastor are? You can can read it. 1 Timothy 3 are the do's. 2 Timothy 3 are the don'ts of being an elder, a pastor. And the qualifications are all character. Except for one thing, it says must be able to teach the gospel. Must be able to unpack the truth. That's the only thing that's not a character trait. Everything else is about character. Why? Because God wants to build a great nation. And to build a great nation, he has to have leaders who will be solidified in a foundation of character from which that foundation can be built upon. Character. You know what qualifies Andy to be a pastor? Character. You know what qualifies me to be a pastor? Character. You know what qualifies all four of us to walk on this pastoral team? Character. You know what disqualifies us? A lack of character. And that's it. Character qualifies. That is it. Now, don't get me wrong. We were called. We were called, but the call didn't qualify us. As a matter of fact, there's many who are called and never see the fulfillment of that call because they refuse to grow in character. That's the truth, and that's that's a sad truth. Character qualifies. What qualifies you as a leader, and you are a leader? When you read 1 Timothy 3, please don't just read about this is what the qualification for an elder is. You're a leader. You're a man of God. You're a woman of God. You know what the characteristics, the, the qualifications are? Character. Without character, the call's not realized. But friends, without a response to the Lord, the call's not realized. These three men, even though it took over a decade for all of them, with Abraham, it took two and a half decades. He was 75 when he got it. He was 100 when Isaac was born. We walk in faithfulness to the Lord. You're going to wake up tomorrow, and all he's asking you is just be faithful. Just be faithful. Just walk with me. He's not asking you to bring about the fulfillment of that thing that he's placed upon your life. He's not asking you to bring about, to push forward that call upon your life. He's just asking you to faithfully walk with him. 
to be with Him and to grow in relationship with Him. Man, think about the beauties of like an awesome relationship. Like think about like the unspoken things. Like I can look at Karen and she's like, and I'm like, I know exactly what she means by. Or, you know, there's times I'll look at her and I'm like, she's like, she knows exactly what that means. Or there's the unspoken things. And even with God, as we draw close, there's these wonderful unspoken things. We're like, oh, yeah, Lord, I, yeah, I, I, I catch that glimpse of what you're doing. I'm with you. Closeness to him. Friends, our relationship with God is so vital. And here's the last bit of reminding I'm going to do. Just don't quit. Just don't quit. Our God is the one who supplies the endurance you're going to need to walk the walk. Every one of us needs to walk the walk. Mickey, you're not limited by your own endurance. Your Heavenly Father gives you a constant, never-ending supply of endurance. You just got to keep walking with Him and not quit. The more we spend time with him, the more we grab a hold of his values, his traits, his characteristics. We start to look like him. We start to sound like him. We start to act like him. And we learn to love like him. And in that place of loving like Jesus, we will see fulfillment of these things that God is speaking to us. Let's pray. Lord, we don't even... It's hard for us to get it. It is. It's hard for us to truly understand that what you want is a relationship with us. But we believe it. Lord, we choose to believe it, that that is what you desire. Closeness with us, relationship with us, something personal and real, nothing generic and rubber stamped. So, Lord, we draw close to you. Even right now in this moment, we draw close to you. And we just release ourselves from the pressures of, of doing all the things in, in an effort to please you. And, Lord, knowing that you just want us with you and that pleases you. Holy Spirit, would you do something for us today? Would you just seal upon our heart that visual of that baby learning to walk and the grace with which that mother and father and those are there extending the arms and smiling and encouraging, saying, well done, get up, do it again, come to me. And Holy Spirit, would you just let us know that that is what we can get from you, from our awesome God. That's what we do get from you. In the name of Jesus, I proclaim endurance for those that are saying that message about not quitting, that's for me. That's for me. I just want to quit. Lord, I pray right now your endurance, your grace, your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I often, when the message is over, I, I go to the back. I go near the door because I want to be able to see every one of you. I want to be able to touch every one of you. 
as you know, sometimes I follow you into the parking lot. I didn't get to you. Bye. Bye-bye. Have a great day, right? I do. You know it. You know it's true. But I'm not going to do that today because um, this message of not quitting, the Holy Spirit has just kind of caused it to resonate with me. And I think that some people need some prayer and we're good on time. So I'm going to be up here to pray with people specifically that if you're really facing that um, that temptation to quit, then I want to pray with you and I'm going to be right up here. So I love you guys. And actually, I think we probably need multiple team members um, because I, th- I think it's probably more than I know. Love you guys. Let me pray this blessing of you. Actually, let's just sit before the Lord for a second. Can you just extend your hands in the place of receiving? Because I think even before praying or blessing, the Lord just wants to touch you guys right now where you are. So I don't know what he's given, but would you just receive it? Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. I love y'all. Next Sunday is going to be awesome.